Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. Well, good morning, everyone. I missed everyone last week. I was in uh, San Antonio visiting with um, one of my uh, good friends, a Methodist pastor there, who's pastor of University United Methodist Church in San Antonio. And so I uh, assured him and others there that they may be a University United Methodist Church, but we are the University United Methodist Church. After all, we're almost 50 years older than they are, so, um, but it was a, it was a fun visit. Uh, today we continue on in our generosity series uh, talking about parched places. And as we prepare to do so, please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Uh, gracious Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and perhaps even in spite of me. And so let the humble words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Parched places. Have you ever, have you really been thirsty? Uh, so thirsty that your, your tongue will stick to the roof of your mouth. You're parched, absolutely parched. Your, your lips are dry and you can't wait to get just a little bit of water. Have you ever been that way? I remember a story about a king who uh, was at a, at a gathering and, and happened to be thirsty, happened to be parched. And rather than asking one of his servants to go and, and get him something to drink, he thought that he would do just like he did when he was a younger lad and go and fetch this for himself. And so he went out and there were these uh, different concessions. And, and so he got into one line and then got to the front of the line and the person said, sire, what would you like to drink? He said, I would like a fruit punch. And the uh, person at the front of the line said, I'm sorry, your majesty, uh, this is the lemonade line. So the king goes to another line and, and works his way up to the front of the line and uh, says, uh, your um, king would like a fruit punch. And the person at the front of the line says, Sorry, Your Majesty, this is the wine line. And so the king goes to yet another line, gets to the front of the line and says, Your king would like a fruit punch. Do you have it here? And the servant said, I am sorry, Your Majesty, there's no punch line. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Someone call Lauren Michaels and tell him I'm ready to host SNL. Um, I, uh, I don't always, y'all, I mean, I've gotten into a pattern here. I do not always tell a bad joke at the beginning of every sermon. Sometimes I tell them in the middle of sermons, you know. All right. Parched places. Uh, this idea of being a parched place. Uh, we've, we've been hanging out here in Isaiah 58 for uh, last week and, and this week. It's filled with such rich imagery. Uh, this imagery of, of being in a parched place is, is one that the people could all imagine. It's one that we can imagine as well. And so when you're in a parched place, sometimes 
uh, the temptation for us as we think about the parched places is not only being someplace that is dry, but is, is dry in, in different kinds of ways. It's a, it's a place of difficulty. It's a place where we aren't immediately sensing God's presence or aren't immediately sensing God's abundance. Have you ever been in a parched place? Uh, a place of struggle, a place of difficulty, and, and you wonder where God is in the midst of that place. Uh, how is God going to resource you in the midst of that place? Sometimes the temptation can be to abandon that place. Uh, I've got to get out of here. I've got to go someplace else where there is more abundance. And particularly as we think about our, our spiritual lives and the places that we are called to minister, sometimes those places can appear to be parched places where we don't see immediate success from our efforts, where we seem to take two steps forward and then five steps back, where we meet resistance. Now, spiritually, in the life of the New Testament, the New Testament assumes that as the people of God move out into this world, that we will, at times, face resistance. In the book of Ephesians, uh, Paul talks about this, not only in Ephesians, uh, elsewhere as well, but in the book of Ephesians, uh, chapter 6, Paul talks about the powers and principalities, not just of this uh, present physical world, but the spiritual powers and principalities, these forces that press against us as we seek to be who God has called us to be in the world. But Paul wants to assure us that we have these spiritual resources to push back, the spiritual resources to fight against these things that press against the work of the church. So we must sometimes resist the temptation to abandon the parched places uh, that we are called, those parched mission fields that we're called to minister in because of the difficulty we face in them. Um, years ago, I was... Um, I was in the marching band. In high school, I was in marching band. Any band people here? Give me a hand if y'all, any band people? Yes. Yes, a room filled with band folks. That's good. So I, I was in uh, the marching band, played uh, saxophone. I, I was uh, a drum major. Now, this is, this is not the stereotypical African-American drum major. No, it was a, a mostly uh, white band, so I'm not, you know, dancing and things like that. We need some drum major diversity. I need you to imagine drum major diversity here. Um, so I, I was uh, um, a drum major in, in this band. Loved it. Loved it. And then and our um, band director, one of our band directors, would always say, drink more water than you think you need. Drink more water than you think you need. Because he knew that out there in the Texas sun, uh, marching on this uh, uh, football field, where we practiced on, on a, on a 
parking lot that we had marked off like a football field so the sun was beating down on us from above and then being reflected off this concrete and he was just worried that we'd become dehydrated out there so he would say drink more water than you think you need uh, studies show that the uh, average American is dehydrated Sev upwards of 75% of Americans are chronically dehydrated it affects all kinds of systems. It, it affects our kidneys. It, and it affects our digestive system. It, it uh, um, affects our uh, hypertension, all kinds of things. That water, uh, this lack of water, this chronic dehydration affects. And so we are encouraged to, to drink more so that we can be healthier. Sometimes we are in a parched place and we don't even realize it. And we're tempted to, to go for something else. We're tempted to go toward the, the sugary drinks. I will not ask how many of you have issues with sodas or with southern sweet tea. Uh, I, I have been in that category. I, um, I, I love that stuff too. But, but you know, scientists will say that when we are thirsty, when we thirst for water, sometimes our bodies will crave things like sugar. Uh, sometimes our bodies will, will, are, will say, or our mind will say, hey, get something to eat. And what, we want to get something to eat, but really what our body is craving is water. It wants to be nourished in this way. Well, sometimes, too, we can be spiritually thirsty, and we can suffer from a kind of spiritual dehydration. Yes, we get drinks of water here and there. We'll come to church, get a little drink of water. Uh, we'll go to Sunday school, get a little drink of water. We'll go to uh, children's Bible study or, or youth group. We'll, we'll get a, a little drink of water. But we don't quite hydrate all throughout the week. And so I'd encourage that we, we spend time spiritually hydrating uh, throughout our week so that God can speak to us in the midst of those parched places. Because sometimes we're parched at work. Uh, there's uh, the work week or the context around work feels like a parched place. Uh, sometimes we're um, at school. And what we're dealing with at school, we just feel like we're in a parched place. Sometimes uh, it's at home. Uh, given the things that we're dealing with at home, and we feel like we're in a parched place. Um, and we're tempted then at times to, to reach out for other things. As we, we feel a little bit fragile in that parched place, we're tempted to, to reach out to other sources of satiation, but really God's Spirit is there to, as the Scripture says, provide for us in the midst of the parched places. We think of parched places also in, as I said before, in, in our mission fields. Uh, here at the church, uh, uh, we've mentioned this before, Pastor Jameson talked about it a little bit last week, that one of the strategic goals of our church, uh, as articulated by our church council, is to work with our local school district to 
end the achievement and opportunity gap in our school district. We've got some of the largest gaps in the entire country right here in Chapel Hill Carborough Schools. Uh, this past week, I was with a group uh, of students at Duke Divinity, and it's part of a class that I'm um, uh, co-teaching. And, and so we took a little field trip uh, down to Harnett County uh, because the Divinity School and, and Campbell uh, University are uh, creating a partnership there uh, in Harnett County uh, to work to alleviate the achievement and opportunity gap there, uh, particularly focusing um, on social and emotional learning. And, and there in that place, we went to an elementary school and we learned that there are students there who are uh, three to two to three grade levels behind, or in some cases, three to four grade levels behind uh, in reading and in other areas. And we began to hear about some of the, the challenges and the, the hardships that these students face and the ways these are affecting their lives uh, in, their, in their schools. It was painful. Uh, in the midst of that, gathering a, a assistant principal uh, had to go out and, and talk with uh, a parent because there's a student who created a, a paper version of a handgun. It was sophisticated. Uh, you, it had a, a cartridge that you could take out and put in it. Um, uh, you could cock it back and, and it, it functioned. This little paper thing functioned uh, like, a, like a real weapon. And so there's all this conversation among uh, the teachers about it. And, and so they talked about how uh, imaginations are moved toward these kinds of things. Rather than using their imaginations to, to create in other ways, this clearly talented student was creating uh, a weapon to to play with. They talked about how they, they gather in classes with students and they talk about dreaming about the future, dreaming about what you might be. And they said, students have trouble dreaming. They said in so many of their classes, students don't dream about being anything older than a 20-year-old. They don't dream about their future. So they talked about this, this crisis of not being able to, to dream. And as they, they were describing their context, I thought, oh, dear Lord, this sounds like a parched place. But the kind of dry imagination, the, the struggles that they articulate in their school there are also felt in ways in the midst of our own local school district with our own students who are grade levels behind. It can be a parched place. And so we seek to step into these spaces and these places as, as people of God, not abandoning them, not saying, gosh, well, this work is really hard. It better go someplace else where, where the work is easier, where the, the solutions are more apparent. No, we, we are where God has called us to be, and we know that what God has said here in Isaiah is also true for us, that the Lord will guide you 
continually and will provide for you, the scripture says, even, even in parched places. And he will rescue your bones and you will be like a watered garden, like a spring of water that won't run dry. You see, uh, there in Harnett County or, or here in Chapel Hill or, or in our workplace or in our school or in our, in our home, uh, what we see perhaps is a, is a parched place and we, we struggle to imagine it being anything else. But God is saying that I will provide for you in the midst of that space. And then what you yourself were not able to imagine, you'll begin to see. You will be like a watered garden. You will be like a spring of water that won't run dry. And then the scripture shifts its emphasis. It says, they will rebuild ancient ruins on your account. The foundations of generations past you will restore. It's really interesting as you read through this chapter in Isaiah, over and over God is saying, you, this is what's going to happen to you. This is my provision for you. This is my care for you. This is how I'm going to strengthen you. And then there in this little glimpse in verse 12, God says, they will rebuild the ruins on your account. Who's the they? Who are we talking about there? It's talking about the people that the people of God minister to. The people who are struggling, the people who are in a challenged place, the people who dwell in parched places, the people who needed a little bit of hope, but then you all, the people of God, showed up and, and provided that hope because of your witness, because of your steadfastness, because of your care. Because of, of showing up, gathering and, and showing up and being who God has called you to be, this is the effect of your labor. This is the result of your witness that those who were the recipients of your care, of your kindness, recipients of the, the arms of kinship that you opened up, they will rebuild the ancient ruins on your account. The foundations of generations past will be restored. And then God says, you will be called the mender of broken walls, the restorer of livable streets. And that is, that is so much what I hope that here in our local community, people as they think about the local faith community, they will say of us, this is what, as I think about the, the brokenness and the, the ruin that is in our society and our world, I believe that there is this call of the church that is welling up in the midst of our generation. And I'm glad that we get to be the, the generation that receives this call. Yes, the work is hard. And yes, there are plenty of parched places. But I believe that God is providing for us in such a way that when we think about the things that are, that are broken and, and lie in ruin, that the day will come when people will say of the church, because of the conviction that welled up in our hearts and how we showed up and said, we will, we're going to be about this work, that people are going to say, 
It's because of that witness that we rebuilt those things that were broken. When our streets didn't feel livable because of all the tension and all the turmoil, all the violence, all the anger in between groups, all the dissension and the, and the fractured life in our society and even the fractured life in our church, the day will come where people will say, because of them, because of that witness, because of what they were dedicated to and, and passionate about. Now we can walk and enjoy our streets. We can enjoy the places that we dwell. Our schools are places of, of life and refuge. Our, our um, institutions are renewed. Uh, there's a, a more, more sanity in the midst of our political life. Now there's a healing that has been wrought in between various groups because of that witness. The mender of broken walls, the restorer of livable streets. Because of this spring of life that is welling up in Christ. We're getting a little feedback, y'all, in the, in the sound booth. Because of the well that is springing up from Christ. In scripture, in scripture Jesus talks about um, seeking the living water. If you come to Christ, seek the living water. And what is this living water? It's the water of salvation. It's the water of peace, this water of wholeness that restores our lives as individuals and restores our life as a community. Seek the living water. So here's my challenge for us as we move into uh, this coming week. I want you to every day uh, with me, I've, I've been trying to practice this uh, a bit more over this last week myself. Every day, try to drink just one more glass of water than you usually do. Just, just one more than you usually do. And as you drink that glass of water, uh, and each glass of water you drink during the day, say this brief prayer. Christ, fill me with living water. It's a brief prayer. Christ, fill me with living water. Because as this living water fills our lives, as it helps to clarify who we are and what we're about, as it helps to, to steady us as we experience our own parched places, this living water is also the water that gives us the courage to step out into the world, to be what Isaiah calls us to, to be ones who are menders, ones who are healers, ones who are restorers, people who begin to see because we've seen what Christ can do in our lives in the midst of our parched places. When we see other parched places, we believe deeply that those places can be springs of living water because we know that Christ can do it because we've seen it in our lives. And so as we take every drink this week, 
Let us be thankful for this physical water that God gives us. Let us, let us also be thankful for the living water that fills our hearts and transforms our lives in Christ. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you. And we hope to see you soon.